aka Patters, are you ready for some more cyborg action? We're doing a big cyborg block. Today we're talking Blade Runner, the final cut. And I'm aka Pad, another known as Peter A. DeLuca, another known as the Pop Culture Pope, another known as White Chocolate. Here we go. You hear that music? Let's just get through it and jump into what is revered as one of the greatest science fiction movies of all time. Thank you for joining me. Look, look, if you're hitting, if, if, if you're hearing a little bit of background and ambiance noise, that is because I'm talking to you from a new location. I'm no longer at what used to be the AKA Pad Studios. I'm at a new studio and I'm working out a ton of the audio kinks. Duh. Anyway, so I'm still I'm still moving, but I don't want to slow down with this podcast because I already had about like a three week gap a couple episodes ago, and I just wanted to keep rocking and rolling. And I wanted to get these cyborg movies. Technically, the last two are robot movies out of my head, and it's kind of funny because Blade Runner, uh, it's classified. You know, like it's it's kind of cyborg movie, but it's not. And it's kind of a robot movie, and it's not. And it, they, I think this movie in the latest episode, episode 286, AI, Steven Spielberg, Stanley Kubrick's AI, they, they challenge what the idea of a cyborg is. Now, people might be saying, Pete, uh, you said the next episode, episode 288, that's going to be upgrade. They're like, Pete, that's uh, that's going to be your final episode. But, but we get it. You, you've done just about all, all the Star Wars. We get it. You've done Terminator. Because Terminator 2. I mean, the, the only Terminator movie to have a cyborg in it is actually the latest one. Terminator Dark Fate. The, technically, there's a cyborg in that. So, these ideas. And, and I think a, a little bit of what challenges the, the thought of what a cyborg is. Is that, uh, you know, like, does it manifest a soul? does the, the you know like the character the the narrative you know the, these are the great things that are done within science fiction that challenge us you know challenge science fiction itself pushes the idea of what cyborg is but as i was saying that was a little tangent there you might be like pete what is happening why aren't you doing robocop robocop okay well look next to cyborg Next to our next one, Upgrade. Next to Battle Angel, Alita, maybe, right? And next to Ghost in the Shell. You know, like, we can we can basically say that Robocop is really, like, the, the echelon, the top of the top of what the cyborg is in science fiction. Because it also is bred. It's bred from the 80s and... Everything, you know, like I talked about this a little bit with the Ghost in the Shell anime. 80s and the 90s were the era of the cyborg. We had a lot of underground, like B-movie, C-movie, D-movie, F-movie attempts at cyborgs. Hey, Dal. Uh, By the way, people, Dallas is with me in the studio. What's up, buddy? And... To see like the the highs and the lows, it's easy to discuss the highs. Now look, after I saw Cyborg, Gene Claude Van Damme's greatest movie, that was a few episodes ago. I went on this tangent. I went on this quest, 
and I'd literally watched nearly every single cyborg movie I could get my hands on, some paid, some rented, some borrowed, whatever was available on any and all of the streaming networks, I scoured all of it, and I spent a lot of time, and one of the things I found that a lot of these movies were like uh, Nemesis, for example, was classified as science fiction. I ended up on a lot of science fiction cyborg lists. You know, if you Google top 100 cyborg movies, Nemesis like always there. And eventually, what I discovered was that it's a, it's a cyborg movie by by concept, but not by execution. We're told cyborgs are in the movie where they they point at things. At people that actors that are supposed to be cyborgs, but actuality they're not. They're not really cyborgs. So a lot of those movies, you know, I it was hard for me to put them on the list to discuss. The reason why AI and the reason why Blade Runner ended up on the list is because they challenge the idea of what cyborgs are. They push the envelope because you know can a can a robot become more human and when it does does it then become a cyborg so like you now it's a classification type thing but either way ai it's a must watch and blade runner final cut and the reason why i'm discussing blade runner final cut is i grew up with one version of blade runner i, blew, I grew up with the narration the black cover vhs and by narration i mean that Harrison Ford talks to you, the audience, through the movie and gives you all the nice little details and, and holds your hand and walks you through everything. And then as time marched on, a young Peter, <laughs> a young cinema-going Peter, cinephile Peter, before cinephile was even a term, learned of a laser disc, disc version, a Japanese laser disc, a, a Japanese version, made-for-TV version. This also echoed Terminator 2 Judgment Day. This also echoed Superman the movie, Aliens, where these these alternate scenes, these alternate takes, would just become a part of discussion. And eventually, these uh, film companies and these content holders got aware of this. And they, they let, you know, they let people have two versions. Now, Way back when Mark and I used to do the giant, long, the marathon episodes of Dream Warriors. You don't have to go way back for this. Mark did drop a little bit of an idea. Because we talked about Blade Runner. I don't even know what episode it was. And he kind of mumbles. What version do you know you're seeing when you say you've seen the movie? And there's something harmful to that. There's something harmful to the general idea. <laughs> Sorry about that. Dallas. Uh, you know, Dallas got a little bit anxious. He, he, look, Dallas is living in a new home, in a new studio also. And he uh, he's going through his jumping on everything phase. But look, 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 look. Getting back to the point. Mark touched upon something very significant. Because it's almost like the idea of if a superior version of a movie exists. Do we even need to see the original? Do we need to see the source? And 
this is pretty much what's happening with the Star Wars movies. Because they're just saying, look, you're you're only going to get what we're giving you. And it, that's not echoed with something like Blade Runner, who has gone through the most um, versions, studied versions. I mean, outside of Star Wars. And it's almost to the point of, you know, what Blade Runner should we really watch? What Blade Runner should we go to? So this came up on Amazon Prime. And, or I believe it came up on Netflix. And I'm like, oh my god, I, you know, like, I need to see the final cut. Because the final cut is another recut version by Ridley Scott, okay? And it should be touched up a little. They got some of the special effects in and out. Awesome. Thumbs up. But it's by Ridley Scott. It's overseen by Ridley Scott. It's controlled by Ridley Scott. It's released by Ridley Scott. This is significant. So I jumped right on it. And I got to be honest, I got about 25, yeah, maybe even less minutes into this movie. And I couldn't, I couldn't continue. I could not continue because the narration, the version I grew up with explains everything. If we don't have this narration running through Blade Runner, it's nearly... A useless movie. It's such a failed attempt. It's such a poor idea. And it was a little bit of a revelation. It was, it was a revelation that. Maybe sometimes these studios. And these bean counters. And producers. And, and all these hands involved with some of these movies. They know enough to take the movie away from the filmmaker. They take it away from them. And they say look. Good like whatever. Like thanks for the effort. We love you. We paid you. You made some money off of this, but let us deal with the movie and put it out for you. I really, like, every time I go into some of these alternate cuts and these alternate takes, that's almost like what I arrive at. And it was so clear with me with Blade Runner because it just clearly, just, it wasn't interesting. It was hard to follow. And I practice, and I talk about this a lot with all of you, with all of you. And thank you for joining me. Don't forget to subscribe. But I talk about this with all of you. All of you. Is this. It's a very simple point. Do the brain dump. Let everything go. You think you know about a movie. You think you know this. You think you know that. Well you don't. And you're going to sit down. And you're going to watch a movie. Every single time I see a movie. This is what happens. I did this with Blade Runner. I went in Blade Runner Final Cut. I went into Blade Runner. Final cut, not seeing any of the Blade Runners ever, not even hearing about it. And I sat down and I said, I want to follow this movie. I want to be able to follow it scene to scene. It's bad. It's horrible. It really makes you question Ridley Scott. And the only reason why I'm bringing this up it's not a recommendation to go see this movie. It's a recommendation not to. Um, it's a warning not to see this movie. But you should see Blade Runner. And you should see the one that has an opening narration with Harrison Ford. With Decker. And this whole idea. And, and, and I really feel like this hurt Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> 
Decker is not a replicant. None of it works with him as a replicant. I don't know why you would want him to be a replicant if you watch that movie. Blade Runner 2049 gets anchored down by this concept. Ryan Gosling should just have been another Decker. That would have been fine. Um, you know, like the dude's got the look. He's he's got the acting chops. You know, he's he's got the name recognition to do some damage in that movie, and you should have just let that be enough. But they, you know, people always have to add to what's not really there. Anyone that's seen Blade Runner. You know Decker's not a replicant. Anyone that sees Blade Runner knows there has to be a narration to follow that plot. Because otherwise, it's just, it's not very interesting. And I was bored out of my mind. So, that's about it, everyone. Now, when it comes to Ridley Scott and other (laughs) versions of his movies, I prefer the Tangerine Dream score for Legend. I don't care about the Jerry Goldsmith one. And Kingdom of Heaven Director's Cut. That's the one that matters. That is a far superior, better movie, longer movie than the theatrical version of Kingdom Come. Starring Elena Bloom. Elena Bloom. It's a solid movie. Check it out. I think there might be two versions of Gladiator. I don't know. I could never really tell the difference. And there also might be two versions of his, um, well, look, everything with Alien, meaningless. The director's cut of Alien, meaningless. And <laughs> and everything, I think his version of Robin Hood has two cuts. I, uh, I have yet to see that. But look, everyone, this is not bashing Ridley Scott. This is not even bashing Blade Runner. It's just an idea to stay away from Blade Runner Final Cut. Next episode, episode 288. We have a modern day masterpiece. We have a modern day cyborg fest that will be wrapping up our cyborg block. We're talking upgrade again. Right, second episode of upgrade. You have to scroll down pretty deep to catch the first one. I did that one with John, I believe. Or I saw the movie with John. I don't know if him and I were, if he was available to review it with me. But look, 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 everyone. Rock and roll. Go out there and create. And thank you for sticking with me through a pandemic. Philly's on lockdown. I'm here. I'm broadcasting. And I'm coming at you live. Not really live. But hey, rock and roll. Let's do this. I love you.